<clears throat> what is it? Okay, sorry about that. If you're joining us live, you probably didn't hear a word I just said. So praise the Lord. We're glad that you're with us. And uh, we're glad that if you're joining us live, you heard it. But if you're online, you didn't hear that. So we're, welco- we're welcoming you here to HBF tonight. We're glad that you're joining us. And uh, we're, this is our Wednesday night service, as uh, Ron has said, Wednesday night live. But tonight, God has something a little special as we're focusing on our, this is a midweek missions meeting. It's kind of like a mini conference. So God has ordered the events of this week to, uh, to help us really be focused on missions. And I want to just uh, remind you, of, and so we have some new disciples and some newer folks in the body of Christ. And so it's important that we remember, as we've been in the book of Acts, our running, our marching orders are really given to the apostles, and uh, we just carry on what uh, the disciples have been doing from the first days until now. And the, the mission and God's commission was not just given to them, but we also carry that forward. And when they were scratching their head wondering what God was going to do with the kingdom, Jesus really dialed them in in, in Acts 1-8 and said, Hey, uh, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And uh, that is a piece of the puzzle, of course, that it couples with the Great Commission, uh, Matthew chapter 28. Uh, and the other definitions that we find in the New Testament, as well as the Great Commandment and the Great Invitation, right? Those three, those go together. But this passage really gives us some understanding that when we do missions, we do that strategically. We, we trust God supernaturally to accomplish the mission. And we also understand that there's strategy, right? There's got to be actual, uh, you know, God-given a vision and a discretion in how we execute the mission as, he's, as he instructed the apostles uh, to do, uh, so we do as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ as we follow him to the ends of the earth, starting right here where we live. And, uh, and so praise God for uh, the, the cast that God has brought tonight. I'm excited uh, to introduce them to you, but I'm going to just hold for just a moment and remind you that typically in the night we do some praying. So you, the prayer list is out on the, in the foyer. You can grab that on the way out. Sunday night we will have our prayer meeting, which was pretty well attended Sunday. I praise God for those that came to that. And Sharon's happy. She's giving us the thumbs up in the back. And uh, just, I do need to add some things. I don't see, Jim Boyette is not in here. I don't, there, there he is. Um, so, I, Jim, you're the number one person that we've added to the list. And uh, if you have, can I share your situation? You're on the prayer list, so I think I can. So Jim has been diagnosed with stage four uh, cancer. And, uh, and so uh, it's colorectal cancer, but it's actually not attached to the colon. It's, it's in the lining of his abdomen. So um, uh, right now you're at the very beginning stages, so to speak. So be praying for, for uh, Pastor Jim as he's uh, uh, in a difficult situation and making decisions uh, and praying for the next steps uh, with his treatment or if he will do treatment. So he's not decided on that. So be praying for that decision in his life. Jim, I think you have about three weeks based on what we talked about yesterday to really settle in your heart which way you're going one way or the other. And so be praying for him and for Ann and, uh, and for what God would have. And be, you know, I'm still praying God would heal him if that's what God wants to do. So we can trust the Lord for that as well. Also, uh, Cheryl, Cheryl Turley's added a young lady named Michelle uh, who lives in South Dakota uh, who needs some wisdom and guidance. So be praying for her as well as uh, uh, Leela Burton's grandbaby, Dexter. Um, he's gaining some weight and doing well, so uh, we just need to be in prayer for them. And pr- that's actually a praise, so we want to praise the Lord. So we don't want to, you know, often we pray when we're in need, but then we forget to come back and thank God for when he answers our prayers. And so that was a high-risk pregnancy, and God's really working in a mighty way there. As well as uh, we have a bereavement, uh, and I think many of you know Teresa uh, Gere's father passed away 
uh, and uh, he will his uh, visitation will be held on August 3rd at 2 o'clock at Atkinson's here in town. And so we've been praying for him. He's born again, so he's absent from the body and present with the Lord. And we just pray comfort uh, for Teresa and her mother, most importantly, uh, and her family. So uh, those are the highlights. There's also obviously many other things on the list you can be praying for. And so I want to remind you of that. And what we're going to do is pray here in just a moment over many of these things. And then uh, I'm going to introduce, or I'm going to actually, I'm going to introduce and then pray and then invite our guests up tonight. I'm excited to have with us tonight, um, we got two different uh, kind of sets of speakers. So uh, I've already kind of prepped you for that. The first is, is going to be uh, Brother Dale Money. And, uh, and uh, he is representing uh, First Bible of Milford. He's uh, First Bible International's director. And we've known each other for, gosh, probably going on a decade now. It's been several years. And uh, uh, Brother Money is integral in the the Bearing Precious Seed Ministries. He's been raised up and discipled at First Baptist of Milford. Um, uh, When we uh, initially met with Dr. Keene many years ago, and Pastor Randy and I, around 2010, God introduced us to Brother Money. And we've been fast friends ever since. And so um, today, Brother Money introduced me to his brother, uh, from another mother, uh, Brother Sean Foster. Not to be confused with Randy Foster, uh, but they're distant cousins, I'm sure, somehow. So uh, praise God, uh, we're, all, we're, we're all one blood in Adam. So it was good to meet bro- uh, Brother Foster today, so you'll also be hearing from him. He's a director of a new ministry that you've heard me talk about in advance. I've already mentioned that, that our brothers up at, uh, up at Milford are, are establishing uh, a Bible uh, linguistics uh, training center. And so Brother uh, Foster, not to be confused with Randy Foster, is, is establishing, uh, in large part, helping establish and promote um, that, uh, that uh, school of linguistics and Bible translation. So they, he'll, they'll tell you more about that, and I've, I've kind of butchered the, the explanation here or the description, but uh, they'll give you more information on that here in just a few moments. So guys, thank you for being here. Uh, and then here in a little bit, I'll introduce you, Brother Harold, but it's good to have Brother Harold and his wife, Karen, and, uh, and Jenny with us, his daughter, and the pooch. And uh, so uh, we're glad to have you guys as well. So uh, I'll give you a proper introduction here in just a few moments. But before we have uh, Brother Money come up, I just want to go ahead and, and just have a season of prayer, and uh, especially uh, for our brother Jim Boyette. So, uh, Jim, we love you, and uh, we're all praying for you uh, for real. And so um, let's all... Let's all you know, I'm half tempted to bring you up here and lay hands on you right now, but we're not going to do that tonight. But uh, we will we will be praying around you, and uh, as we've done others in the past. So let's pray for for uh, Brother Jim and the rest on the prayer list, and then uh, I'll have Brother Money come up tonight and and begin sharing in his ministry. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you so much for the opportunity just to come together tonight. Thank you for uh, Lord the men that are represented here. We thank you for bringing. Uh, Brother uh, Harold uh, Pearson and his wife and his daughter tonight to share with us uh, the ministry of Armed Forces Baptist Missions and the work with uh, wounded spirits and uh, the things that we've invested in heavily. Lord, I also thank you for bringing Brother uh, Money and Brother Foster in from uh, Milford and and encouraging us in the mission and the ministry of the Word of God. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your body. We thank you for the opportunity that we've had to assemble scripture even in the recent days and and the, and the work that's yet to be done there we thank you for the outreaches that are going on and and lord uh, right now we want to just take a moment and, and remember the inreach lord we want to remember our brother uh, G- uh, jim boyette and ann lord at this critical time and this critical juncture lord and we come to you and we just cry out to you lord and we intercede and ask lord that you just help them in a time of need lord jim has big decisions to make 
Uh, and Lord, the most important thing and the most comforting thing is his biggest decisions already been made. And so, Father, this isn't uh, eternal life and death. It's just life and death decisions. And so, Lord, uh, with something that important, it's amazing how your grace has given us an ability to put even that into some perspective and bring uh, a measure of comfort. So, Father, we pray for Jim, and we pray, God, for uh, the decisions ahead of him, for the path that you have for him and, and for Ann and for their family and, of course, for their ministry and for, uh, Lord, all the, the people who dearly love them and uh, the time that uh, that he has, Lord, with us, whether it be a short time or a long time. Lord, we pray it will be a long time. And so, Father, we just uh, bring this to you, this care, and we cast it upon you. Lord, we pray for uh, Michelle. We pray for little Dexter. And uh, we thank you for Leela Burton, who's, I'm sure, watching us right now. And, Lord, I pray that you just bring comfort to her heart, knowing that we've been praying with her. And, uh, Lord, we're, we're thinking of Leela. We're thinking about her grandchild. And we're thankful to the Lord Jesus for uh, bringing him into this world and giving him uh, uh, parents to, to raise him up. And, and uh, Lord, taking what was a, a risky, high-risk situation. And, and, Lord, uh, and, Lord, seeing that you brought life out of that. We thank you so much for that. And, we just want to lift up our sister Teresa as well, who's, who's bereaved at the loss of her father. And, and Lord, we, again, we thank you for the comfort of Scripture. We thank you for the reality, Lord, tonight that he is absent from the body and present with the Lord. And, and Lord, there is no sorrow, there is no tears in his, uh, in his uh, new estate. And so, Father, we praise you and thank you for that. But we pray, God, for Teresa. Lord, uh, it's hard to, to lose a loved one. A part of us goes with them. And, uh, Lord, we just pray for her heart that you bring comfort, that, Lord, the, the church body would wrap their arms around her. And, Lord, we pray for those in our church body. There's some that have been sick with COVID, and we, we just have recently found out about it. Lord, we pray for them. We lift them up. We pray they're encouraged tonight as well. And we just uh, ask a blessing, Lord, on the remainder of our time. Lord, we want to pray that your word goes forth tonight in a mighty way. Lord, encourage our hearts. Stir us up in the things that we're going to hear tonight. Help us to be focused on uh, your mission, uh, your message. Lord, help us to carry it to the ends of the earth starting right here in Cass County, uh, Lord, in the communities in which we live, taking it uh, as far as you would have us to go. Thank you for all those that are a part of that. And, Lord, thank you tonight for these uh, key men at a key time, at a key uh, moment in our life. Lord, we pray, God, a blessing tonight upon the reading, the hearing, the application, and all the things that are regarding your word and getting it where it needs to go on time. We praise you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So thank you so much for being here. Brother Money, come on up, and, uh, and we, I want to give him a good HBF welcome as uh, Brother Money comes. Well, it's a joy to be back here at Heartland, and we're excited about what the Lord is doing. We bring greetings uh, from Milford, Ohio, from First Baptist Church of Milford, our pastor, uh, Pastor Bill Dutry, and Bearing Precious Seed, our ministry there, and Brother Al Braley, which is our director, we bring greetings from them, and we're excited about that. Uh, 2014, the Lord gave me an opportunity to go to an area of the world, part of the 1040 window, and to work with a, uh, another uh, ministry, um, Trinitarian Bible Society, and they were working with this people group to provide a New Testament for them in their language. And uh, so we were, um, I went over there, we were able to raise the funds, and that was our partnership with them. We raised the funds, they did the translation work, and then we were able to go over and hand them in 2014 a New Testament in their language for the very first time. That was a pretty exciting thing. And I tell you, we live an exciting day where the Lord is working and moving. And uh, so we were able to go over there 
and that was many years ago. And as we handed them that Bible, obviously people were excited to have the Word of God. And before I left, uh, they handed me a letter. One of the main key men handed me a letter, and I've been keeping that in my Bible. And um, it was a thank you letter for uh, being involved in that New Testament. It says, Dear Sirs, we do not have adequate words to express our joy and gratitude to you for your providing authorized New Testament in our language. On behalf of our people and churches, we want to say thank you and praise God for his marvelous works through your ministries. And so he wanted to thank us for that. But then in this letter, it also says that uh, we wanted to um, request uh, that you would kindly take up the Old Testament portion of our language. And he says it's sad to say that even in the 21st century, this global age, that our people group does not have a good Bible in our language. In fact, because of not having a whole Bible, the Word of God is not deep-rooted amongst our uh, Christians, amongst our people groups, and amongst our, amongst our churches, and we're not growing in spiritual quality. And he says it's in this circumstance we cannot but make this humble application to you that you would kindly lend us your noble heart in considering the acute need for our people and extend an, uh, po- uh, any possible help to provide an authorized version of the whole Bible in our language. And so when I left, they gave me this letter, a plea for help to help them with the whole Bible. It's been quite a few years since then. A lot of work's been done, and I hold in my hand, and I praise the Lord. Finally, we have a whole Bible in their language, and soon it will be put in a container along with uh, 10,000, 11,000 of these and uh, 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 20,000 New Testaments be shipped to this people group, and they'll have for the very, very first time a first Bible in their own language. Can you imagine that? Isn't that exciting? I, I hold in my hand their Bible before they will. And I've had a Bible all my life. And you have had a Bible all of your life. And what a blessing that is. But many people in the world still do not have a Bible in their language. They don't have uh, John eleven thirty five. They don't have John three sixteen. They don't have Romans six twenty three. In many languages, there is still nothing in their language. And so what do we do? How do we get this into the people's hands? Well, we have found, like you have found, you know, we've been involved in Bible publishing for many years, since 1973, and you have that heart and that desire too, and your hands have been involved in Bible publishing as well. And you won't be in Bible publishing very long, and you'll realize there's a great need for Bible translation. And so for years, our church has been praying, saying, Lord, how can we get more Bibles in the hands? How can we publish more? Lord, would you send us to a place where we can send people to translate the Word of God? But we can't do that because many places around the world um, do not have our same philosophy and our same heart. And Brother Foster will talk more about that tonight to you. But um, I want to just praise the Lord. Uh, The Lord impressed upon our pastor's heart and gave us an opportunity to start a school of translation. It's called the First Bible School of Translation. And you'll see a a video in just a moment, a a little update video. 
And we'll start that here in just a few weeks, the First Bible School of Translation. And I want you to pray for us. We need your help. We need your involvement. Uh, you've been in, in, you've helped in many ways and still do in Bible publishing and and you're working on scriptures, and you're sending them out, and you're going to countries. People need the word of God, and this is vitally important. And you're getting ready to see a video, and there's a testimony in this video, a man named Thomas from another country that has a heart's desire to get not only his people the word of God, but other people groups around them who do not have the word of God. So I want you to see this video, and then Brother Foster is going to come up and uh, share some things with you tonight. Thank you for allowing us to come. God bless you. Whether it's printing the pages of scripture on a press, such as is done by Bearing Precious Seed, or the local church hands preparing copies of John Romans for missionaries and churches around the world like Seedline. Handling God's word is a precious call. But without the word of God to preach or print, these opportunities would never happen. It all begins when someone takes the word of God that they have and translates it into a language that does not have the precious words of life. Thanks to the generous support of people just like you, FBST is well on its way to establishing a one-of-a-kind graduate-level educational institution wholly dedicated to a single task, training Bible translation. To date, we have, through advertising, reached nearly three-quarters of a million people via Google Ads, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our website, www.firstbible.com, has been visited thousands of times and hundreds have expressed interest in the ministry of FBST. We are truly excited to see what the future has for Bible translation because of people just like you who have sacrificially given to make First Bible School of Translation possible. At present, we have accepted several students for our inaugural year and have over a dozen applications in various stages of process as of the date of this video. Our current students include servants of the Lord, such as Thomas Van Thom Leon from Myanmar. Hi, everyone. Greetings in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am Thomas Van Thom Leon, a missionary pastor of Bible Mission Baptist Church. Today, I would like to share with you a little bit about how the Lord calls me to be a Bible translator and about my vision. There are more than 135 different ethnic groups in Myanmar, each with its own history, culture, and language. It has been my vision and dream to become a Bible translator because there are lots of ethnic groups who do not have Bibles in their own language. Some ethnic groups do not even have written language. I dedicated my life to be a missionary and to plant churches among the unreached people groups in Myanmar since 2013. I travel into different parts of Myanmar among the unreached people group, reaching them with the life-changing gospel message. 
and I have seen that there are many ethnic groups do not have Bible in their own language. I believe that God speaks and communicates through His written word to the people. So I feel that these people greatly need the Bible in their own language. I did not have opportunity to pursue the education I need to be a Bible translator. But it has been my prayer that God would open the door for me. One day, I found out First Bible School of Translation Facebook page and the website. As I went through it and learned about its goal, vision, and the courses, I was greatly impressed to have opportunity to study at First Bible School of Translation. As I wrote a letter of inquiry, I received a really encouraging and positive response from Brother Sean Foster. And I believe that this is the very time God answered my prayer and opened the door for me to be a Bible translator. The reason why I went to study at the first Bible school of translation is to get education I need to be a Bible translator and to translate the Bible uh, for the people in Myanmar who do not have Bible in their own language. Secondly, I want to start Center for Biblical Linguistic School uh, in Myanmar to train committed men and women of God who have a vision and burden to translate the Bible for the people in Myanmar who do not have the Bible in their own language. If I am granted admission and scholarship that would make me possible to study, the education I receive will have direct impact to me and to my people in Myanmar for the spreading of the gospel. Thank you. God bless you all. FBST is building one of the most technologically advanced classrooms in the world with the capability to not only stream our classes live, but also have our students, no matter where they are in the world, be able to interact live within the classroom as well. So the question is, what can you do to help? Pray. Whenever God moves his people to attempt things for his glory, the devil always attempts to stop that work. So pray. Give. At present, First Bible School of Translation does not have the sufficient students to support the entire ministry. Also, consider giving towards scholarships for those training for Bible translation. Would you pray? Would you give? Would you consider being a part of First Bible School of Translation as a student? Thank you for what you are and will do for the cause of Christ through this ministry. Isaiah, do you have your Bibles? Isaiah chapter 55, we want to make sure that we give Brother, Pier, uh, Brother Pierce, if I remember correctly, I think, right? You and I met before, if you remember or not, we met at a missions conference some time back, just in a display room, and uh, we didn't get to spend a lot of time together. You were leaving and I was coming. But I think it's just really appropriate, uh, Brother, uh, when I said about, uh, in the video about praying, um, it really is, it really is true. Um, Brother Thomas, uh, since he sent that video to us, you notice kind of some glitching. He, um, 
obviously they don't his phone and their internet signals are a little bit different over there in Myanmar. But since he made that video, uh, he found out that his grandmother has stage four, is actually dying of stage four cancer. Uh, he helps take care of her. His uh, oldest daughter, uh, or his second oldest daughter, his second child, um, was diagnosed with a fairly serious form of arthritis. His wife gave birth, though that's not a problem, but it surely does add to the struggles of his life. He has four churches that he pastors at the same time. Three of them the government closed down due to COVID. The fourth church that he's actually still pastoring is a very rural area church. It's the one that actually takes him the longest to get to, uh, and it's the one that does not help him financially in any way, shape, or form. And so he's just, it's just been a series. And so when I said pray, it really is true that we need to be in prayer for these things. Uh, First Bible School of Translation is designed specifically, and Brother Money made this clear, uh, really is based on the vision of Dr. Charles Keene and through the vision and the, the uh, fortitude of our pastor, Pastor Bill Dutry. And uh, we're so thankful for the vision that God shared with them. Uh, our, our purpose and intent is to teach four different things. We teach biblical languages. We teach Bible translation philosophy, linguistics, which is the study of language, and then cultural anthropology, which is simply understanding a culture before you translate into the Word of God. And uh, those are four things. To the best of our knowledge, there's no institution in the world that teaches all four of those dynamics uh, in Bible translation. And the reason I had you go to Isaiah chapter 55, because I think especially this just hit me as I was thinking about the rain. Uh, just we could hear it going over the top of our heads here. Isaiah chapter 55, look down if you would just real quick at verses 8 and following. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways uh, my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so also are my, my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And look at this. Again, one of the first principles of Bible study is never take a scripture, what? Out of context. Okay, we, there's a verse we're going to quote, and we quote it often, but it's to put it in context. Look at look what it says down in verse 10. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth the bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. How many times have we said God's word will not return void? But look at it in context. What he's saying is this, just like you can't stop the rain from falling, you can't stop God's word from working. That's what he's saying. Okay, just a couple minutes ago, it was pouring here. And I'll be honest with you, it was pouring right in the middle of a video that probably some of you that rain probably said, what did he just say? And I'm sure that we would say, you know what, we really wish it wasn't raining. Right at that point, but you know what, you can't stop the rain. And you can't stop God's word. That's what he's saying. Let me, let me give you one illustration, and then I, I will be out of the way. If you've got any questions, we would love to talk to you. Uh, some of you might say, well, look, I, I don't feel that God has called me directly to Bible translation. Let me encourage you a couple of things. First of all, be in prayer. Uh, if, if there's something that we need you to do more than anything is be pray. Prayer for the school as we start three weeks. Uh, actually, from yesterday uh, is when we have our first classes. And uh, we'd appreciate prayer. I appreciate your prayer for me because I have no idea what I'm doing. 
Uh, some of y'all looking at me going, then why are you doing it? Because they asked me to. <laughs> the honesty is this, is, there is there's no institution like this in the world, so there's nobody who really knows what to do. We're, all, we're, we're learning. We have some very qualified individuals. We talked with your pastor. Uh, we have some very qualified individuals that are coming to teach in all the different dynamics and the different courses, and we're excited about the uh, faculty that God's put together. So pray. Uh, I would say this. I encourage you to talk to your pastor. We have made a very special offer. I'll let him kind of tell about that rather than me telling about it. We've, we're making simply available um, the possibility of at least taking this year one particular class and I'll let your pastor talk about that on his time, so let him do that. But let me, let me as an illustration before I'm done, let me, let me just ask you this. How many of you have ever heard of a group of men by the name of Nate Saint, Jim Elliott? How many of you ever heard of those guys? Okay, about everybody has. They were killed on January the 8th, 1956, down in Ecuador. They had been aviation pilots, uh, at least... The, some of them had been, a couple of them had been pilots, and they were trying to work with a group of people by the name of the Aka Indians. The Aka Indians, as a matter of fact, the name Aka means naked savages. They, 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 were, they were extremely violent people. And without going into details, because if you've heard the story, many of you know that the, all five of those men were killed by the Aka Indians. But chances are, probably few of you have heard of, other than the last name, how many have ever heard of Rachel Saint and Steve Saint? How many have ever heard of those names? A couple of you have, and that's great. Rachel Saint was Nate Saint's sister. Rachel Saint had actually started translating the Bible into the Aka language before her brother and the others were killed on the banks of the river. Steve Saint, for those that don't know, was Nate Saint's son. Steve Saint, at nine years of age, went back with his mother into the Aka village. And he actually was there for many years. He came back to the United States, worked in missions. He finally did go back in 1996. In 2012, he suffered a fairly serious fall and is a... I guess, functioning quadriplegic. He has about 10% facilities in all of his extremities. But Steve Saint said this. Rachel Saint had translated the word of God into the Aka language. And Steve Saint said this. He said, the death of my father changed the outside world. But the written word of God changed the Aka people. All of us know the story of, uh, the, most of us, by your hand raised of hands, you've heard of these men, you know their story. And it's impacted the outside world, but it was not their killing that changed the Aka people. It was the word of God. I encourage you, please be in prayer for translation. For those of us that are trying to do our best to get the word of God into the language of people, because it's the word of God that changes lives. That, that example is so true, and, uh, you know, Pastor Foster and I were, were uh, 
I'd say change. You know, sometimes you have just divine appointments. We, we visited with Rochunga Pudati, and many of you know the story many years ago, and, and the name of uh, um, Word First Publishing came from our meeting with him because the same thing happened uh, with the Mar people. Uh, the Word of God, the written Word of God, which was translated, first an alphabet was created, then a translation was made, and then a Bible was published after many, many years. started with a pioneer missionary from the Welsh Revival uh, that uh, left a seed in Rochunga's father's heart, and they knew they didn't have a written word. They didn't even have a written language. And so someone had to create a language, uh, and then, uh, or I should say an alphabet. They had to create a written language, and then they created a written word. And, the, and those people are changed. So we can, we can, there's so many examples of how, how many of our lives were changed by the written word of God, right? It wasn't just coming to church. It wasn't just knowing about Jesus. It was, it, you get saved by hearing, and hearing comes, right, from the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing comes from the word of God. It's the word of God. And so praise God for the ministry of God's word. So we're just thankful for uh, the ministry of, of uh, First Bible and, their, and, and their, their leadership and their pioneering efforts and uh, you know, this is an answer to prayer, just the fact that you have a school. We were, we've talked for years about this need, and then to see it come to fruition. But what does that have to do with me? Well, that's, I'm glad you're asking that question, because that's why you're here tonight. You know, you all sitting over here in the corner, what's it got to do with you? Well, maybe God's going to have you all uh, be a part of this process someday, because we need, we need people that can study language, uh, or maybe little Meredith back there, or Juju. And so... Uh, but also, uh, there's as, as uh, Brother Foster was mentioning, um, there's opportunities to even take classes right now. And you guys know that we have an institute, the Bible Institute, uh, and they're offering things that right now our, our institute doesn't even offer. So, uh, you know, I was just talking today about partnering with them to get biblical language studies, you know, through this uh, Bible Institute, uh, because that's not something that we offer at HBI. And so, uh, and so I just want to encourage everybody in the discipleship process. So when we talk about these big concepts and go you therefore, we're going to give you opportunities. One of the projects that, that they're working on is, is the translation for the Oaxaca uh, people down in, in, uh, with Brother Hendersman. And so that's right in our wheelhouse. And so we're excited about that. Um, and so those are things that uh, we can get our hands on. We can go on missions trips. We can plan. We can go. We can be a part of that. And so, uh, but more than that, or in addition to that, I should say, there's not, I'm not saying more, there's more to that, but in addition to that, you know, personally, uh, we can have people asking, what is it, what is it that, that God wants me to do in that regard? I think many, I don't know how many people know that Sharon De Leon, she started off on this track many years ago. She went to Guatemala uh, because she was going to translate the word of God in the dialects in the Guatemala and uh, into the indigenous peoples. And so God uh, really needs key people to rise up. And so we, when, when we pray about this, we need to be praying that uh, here my sin, me, right? Perhaps God wants us to go, uh, but if not us, who's going to go? So we need to be praying at least in our group, in, our, in the group of people that hold fast to the faithful word as we've been taught, that believe and understand that God has preserved a word in our language. Uh, man, then why in the world would we not want to see that happen in other people's heart language? And so what would God have us to do uh, to carry the, the mission forward? So... Uh, please be in prayer about that, and these classes that will be offered are uh, scalable. So for those that want to audit, uh, those that uh, want to you know, uh, continue to grow uh, and get uh, more education, maybe you have a bachelor's or uh, in uh, your Bible college degree and you're ready to move on, come and see me, come and see Pastor Foster, 
uh, your ABF pastor, and we'll start directing you and connecting you uh, with the, the path that you need to go. And so we're excited about that. And so thank you. Thank you, men, for coming. Thank you for the opportunity to, to get to hear about the ministry today. Thank you for uh, just uh, your investment. This is a huge investment for their ministry, and it's not a short-term commitment. It's a long-term commitment. They're even training their children in biblical language uh, at, the, at the ages of uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, all the way up through the 6th grade to prepare them so that they're ready for something like this when they come of age and are ready to get uh, further training and study. So it's quite a deal. But you know what it does is it just fosters the whole issue uh, or the whole reality of mission, uh, just like we were talking about earlier. So it's exciting. And so uh, it's one of the things that I neglected to mention earlier when I was doing the introduction for them is that, and I, I had it in my heart, was to talk about parallel partnerships. You know, when God calls us to go, he calls us to go. He used to send his disciples out two by two. And, uh, and, you, and there's partnerships in the ministry. God gives us parallel partners. And really one of the things that God is doing tonight is just kind of highlighting a couple of the parallel partners of HBF. And so, uh, you know, you've heard ministry rides on the rails of relationship and it falls on the heels of fellowship. And that's, that's true. And that's exactly what God is doing. God is, is wanting us to fellowship. The Philadelphian church age was prolific because of the, the love within the body of Christ, the, the brotherly love that was there and the heart for God's mission. So people cooperated with one another to accomplish God's mission and God's power for God's glory. And so that's what we want to do. And, uh, and so God has brought parallel partners. And you can see that God is so, um, so he's awesome in the true sense of the word, Jeff. And so, uh, so his ministry is truly awesome. It seems like, how can we get our hands around it? Well, we really can't. But what we can get our hands around is our brothers. We can, we can come up and love on our brothers, and we can encourage them, and we can help them where, where we can, and they can help us where we can, and we can share our relationship with God with one another. And it's amazing the parallels in the partnership because God and his providence is orchestrating that. Now, the same thing is happening on this side of, of the auditorium with Brother, uh, with brother Pierce. So, so you guys, how many of you know who Doug Carriger is, just by raising hands? So most of us in here are familiar. If you miss Doug Carriger, I don't know how you did it. You know, he's a, he's a big personality. He fills up the room. He fills up the county. He fills up the Midwest when he comes. So, uh, so we're thankful for Brother Doug Carriger. And you, I think all, everyone here is familiar with our partnership with Brother Carriger in regard to wounded spirits. And you'll hear a little bit more about that in just a moment. But it's through that partnership with Brother Carriger that I was able to connect with Brother Pierce, uh, uh, probably at, our, at the camp, I think is the first time I met you, at the PTSD training camp. And, I, and uh, Randy also met him a couple years ago and, uh, and mentioned you by name. Before Doug ever brought you up, Randy came back talking about you. I remember that. And so, uh, and so you left an impression on both of us. And when I was down there with him, I was like, brother, you ought to come by and, and just see what we're doing. And, and he's like, hey, I'd love to do that. So uh, we made some plans, and it's worked out in God's providence with a shift here and a shift there. Here we are tonight. And what's really neat about Brother uh, Pierce is just the, the relationship that he has with Doug Carriger and, uh, and the fact that he represents the Armed Forces Baptist Missions as well as Wounded Spirits. So he's so, sort of double-breasted. And he comes uh, carrying that same vision and that same heart uh, for those that uh, not are only not only those that are suffering with PTSD, but also active duty, uh, military, and the military bases. He's planted churches uh, on near military bases in, in foreign countries. He's pastored. He's uh, working with a brother Carriger right now as a director of of uh, deputation and helping organize and direct that incredible uh, vast ministry of Armed Forces Baptist Mission. And so. Uh, Brother uh, uh, Pierce has brought his wife Karen and his daughter Jenny 
And what was the pooch's name? And Karis the pooch. They got their pooch, but the pooch is at the home with Sharon Daly on tonight. But uh, uh, but we were thankful that you brought. You literally brought the whole family. So uh, we're so glad for that. So brother, if you'd like to come, I'd love to hear you. Give him a good HBF welcome uh, as he comes to speak to us tonight. Thank you, Pastor Hedges, so much. And uh, what an honor to be with you tonight. What an honor to be with our dear brothers tonight and how God is using that ministry in such a great way. Just want to say thank you, Pastor Hedges, to you and your wife, your family, your faithfulness to the Lord. want to thank you, Harvest Baptist Fellowship, for allowing us to come and uh, be with you tonight. What a joy it is. What an honor it is. And, of course, the better half of the family is definitely right here. Of course, my dear wife, Karen. And my daughter, Jenny, who marched out with the teenagers, going to go hang out with the young people. And I like young people. They make me feel young. Amen. And uh, that's what the military people do to you, I'll tell you. And, uh, but we're thankful to be with you. We are the Pierce family. We serve as the deputation director and national representative for Armed Forces Baptist Missions. We uh, work under uh, Brother Carragher, serving together beside him. And uh, we're grateful for that. This is our 22nd year of military ministry. And we're very grateful God's allowed us to do that. And uh, we are sent out of Central Valley Baptist Church in Manteca, California. And we're currently serving through Northside Baptist Church in Nolensville, Texas, right outside of Fort Hood. And I just want to say the best way that we can kind of introduce our ministry is we'll go ahead and show our video. And then we'll give you a a little bit more uh, detail concerning AFBM and the things that's going on in the AFBM family and the Wounded Spirits Ministry. I want to thank you for taking the opportunity to watch this video and prayerfully considering supporting this ministry. describe the men and women in uniform who fight for our freedom across the globe. They are deployed to nearly 500 bases in 80 countries around the world. Although the United States meets their physical needs better than any country in the world, often their souls go unguarded. AFBM is dedicated to meeting the spiritual needs of these soldiers. Tasked with a worldwide mission, AFBM seeks to turn the souls of men and women in uniform and their families to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. To do this, AFBM developed an effective strategy for ministry. We first worked to plant churches outside military bases around the world. Currently, we have churches in four countries worldwide. Then, we partner with these and other existing local churches encouraging them to develop a military evangelistic outreach program. In these churches, AFBM works to establish military service centers, an ideal means for reaching young, single military personnel 
very grateful for the servicemen center. Uh, not only did I get saved there, but I also met my wife, who was the daughter of the director of the servicemen center. So thank you. We have servicemen centers in three countries. We use these centers to train believers as soul winners and Bible teachers, turning them into evangelists. We supply them with Bibles and tracts and encourage them to sow the seed of the gospel in their places of duty. In churches near veterans' homes or hospitals, AFBM strives to effectively minister to veterans. With our military returning from active conflict, God has opened new doors for AFBM to minister. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs estimates that one in five soldiers returning from the war in Afghanistan suffers from PTSD. That number doubles for Iraqi war veterans, and 60% of Vietnam veterans have PTSD. The number of PTSD cases continues to rise and AFBM has been able to provide support for these soldiers. Hello, my name is Charlie, and I would just like to say thank you to Brother Carringer for writing the book, uh, Wounded Spirits. It was definitely a godsend. I'm a veteran who served in Iraq and Afghanistan and has dealt with PTSD for many years. I had many problems, including thoughts of suicide. My time in Vietnam is part of me. There's not much I can do about that. But with your book and uh, the Bible, I'm I'm working on changing the effects that PTSD has on me. I was diagnosed with PTSD and mild depression. The hope I found as a child of God was amazing. The Lord gave me his strength through his word, which has the answer to man's problems. Through scripture, wounded spirits showed me that God has control of my life and my PTSD. If you know any veteran or anybody that suffers from PTSD, I recommend wounded spirits. AFBM missionaries lead Bible studies on and near military bases. They open their homes to servicemen, offering meals and developing relationships. Wherever possible, AFBM also works to assist the families of both the veteran and the deployed. Through these, they can minister one-on-one -on -one to the heroes who defend our country. If, like us, God has given you a burden for the U.S. Armed Forces, there is something you can do. We need churches to support our missionaries to the military. We can provide missionaries and evangelists for revivals and missions conferences, but we need local churches to provide locations and follow up. We need missionaries called by God to labor for God in the field of the military. We need home office supporters. We need Bibles and tracts. Every month, AFBM sends thousands of Bibles and tracts around the world we have distributed nearly one million Bibles to our military. You can pray that Christ will have the preeminence in our ministry. I want to assure those of you that are considering the support of an AFBM missionary or those of you who currently support AFBM missionaries that we are here for you. Do not hesitate to contact us if you have questions or suggestions. We count it a privilege to serve together to reach the military for Christ. Flight Alpha Foxtrot 34, this is Hotel Quebec Asia, over. Uh, Hotel Quebec Asia, this is Flight Alpha Foxtrot 34, carrying 345 of heroes back to their families after 14 months. Please transmit, over. Flight Alpha Foxtrot 34, this is Hotel Quebec Asia. Let the heroes know you have cleared enemy territory and we have their backs. Someone smiling down. Godspeed and good thoughts for a smooth flight to take care of those heroes. 
Hotel Quebec Asia, out. Hotel Quebec Asia, this is Flight Alpha 3-4. We let them know they're safe and we are sending appreciation from shouting heroes. We owe you one, Hotel Quebec. Over. Flight Alpha 3-4, we owe them everything. Over and out. I think one of the greatest things that's given me the burden about the military, then of course, as my wife and I got married, is uh, during Desert Storm, God gave us a unique opportunity. I'm a Desert Storm veteran. Had the privilege, uh, our unit was deployed, our chaplain was spread out, but one of the things he knew that uh, I lived for the Lord, and I was able to lead our unit in Bible study, and it was a real joy to be able to see uh, several of my peers right in the devil, uh, right, right in the desert, accept Christ as their personal savior. But anytime you go into a combat zone, you understand what made that entail. And God chose fit to take three of my friends in operations moving into Iraq. And uh, I've asked the Lord over the years how He could help me with that. Of course, I've dealt with the PTSD. God's used wounded spirits in a tremendous way in my life. God's used Brother Carragher in a tremendous way. But one of the ways that I felt like that I can honor my friend's life was to be able to make sure that every man, woman, boy, and girl associated with the military would have the opportunity to hear a clear presentation of the gospel. So my family and I have dedicated our lives to uh, reaching our military. We spent 13 years in Germany planting churches, and then uh, the last nine we've been back here, the VA recommended highly that we bring our ministry stateside due to medical conditions and things of that nature. And so... That's how we end up uh, working and uh, being a part of what we're doing now, and we're thankful for that. But I know tonight we're among some heroes, and what I'd like to do, I'd like to honor uh, these heroes tonight. If you've served in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, or Coast Guard, and you're presently serving, I'd, I'd like you to be able to stand up. If you can't stand, just wave your hand. We want to honor you tonight. Let's give these heroes a round of applause. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We sure appreciate you so much, and Pastor Foster, please be assured you're in our prayers, and Brother Jim, you're, Pastor Jim, you're in our prayers too. I forgot your last name, amen, and uh, we just want you to know that we're praying for these families and these folks, and uh, that we love them, and, and uh, we're going to be in prayer for you, and uh, we sure had a great time out at camp, and uh, just a wonderful time, and uh, we just thank you for your service, thank you for your love for our military of course, as you saw through the uh, video, AFBM has been serving local churches and pastors since 1964. We used to be Servicemen Center for Christ and later became uh, Armed Forces Baptist Missions. We have seen over 120 churches planted uh, through our missionaries and uh, their pastors' desire to plant churches around the globe. We thank God for that. Uh, we now distribute 1.2 million Bibles, some, some through the way Bearing Precious Seed has been a part of that process. I know it has. And uh, God's word has definitely gone forth, and so we're at 1.2 uh, million Bibles, and we're thankful for that. That continues to grow. Uh, we have 53 families uh, serving in our agency. Uh, it seems like we're growing by two families a year, and we're sending one family uh, to the field uh, every year, it seems like God's just been so gracious in that area. We've got a missionary right now at 
60% getting ready to go to England. We just sent one down by Fort Leonardwood, and he's serving down there in the church. So God's, even in the midst of all this, you know, God knew COVID before COVID knew itself. And uh, he's in control. He's still doing great things, and we're thankful for that. And then, of course, uh, um, AFBM's missions is really, number one, is church planning. We feel uh, military bases need churches just like this around that uh, base where people can come and worship, be saved. So our main emphasis is church planning. Number two, we desire to minister through servicemen center type ministry. And really a servicemen center is a place where they can come, unwind, uh, you know, ha- have games and have an opportunity to fellowship, uh, reach out to their families, maybe catch a little meal and wait till a soldier's heart is his stomach, amen, and take care of that soldier's stomach. He'll be just fine but mostly give them the gospel and get them involved with that church uh, that's hosting that servicemen center. Then we never want to leave no one out. We want a veteran to know that he's never forgotten. So we reach out to veterans' homes and uh, veterans' facility. And then what's happened over the years, just since really 2014, uh, Brother Carragher, of course, you know his service, you know his background and uh, things that he's gone through. He took extensive notes uh, while in the military, out of the military, and there just was nothing out there dealing with PTSD from a biblical perspective. And so through that, uh, Wounded Spirits came about. He wrote the, book, wrote the book in 2014. I think we're close to about 4,000 uh, being saved. Uh, last year, we trained over 2,700 people that came through our camps uh, and uh, either were being trained or were being helped and are either starting groups Uh, We saw about 900 saved last year. So God has just really uh, done some tremendous things uh, with our Wounded Spirits Ministry. We're thankful, of course, you met Stephanie Wesco and her family, how God is using her uh, through AFPM. But as a result of this, there's been a special project that's came up with just uh, the PTSD ministry. This is separate from Armed Forces Baptist Missions. uh, But uh, the Wounded Spirits Ministry was offered the opportunity to purchase some land in Monona Lake. And so we're in the process. A uh, uh, pastor's been asked to sit on a board. Uh, I myself have been asked to sit on a board, and Doug is uh, sitting on the board. This is separate from AFBM. So what we're doing, we're having the opportunity to purchase about 63 acres in Winona Lake, and God's going to allow us to be able to build a camp and start a camp. We just feel like there needs to be a place where people can come. So we're going to have the Wounded Spirits uh, uh, Ministry uh, Christian Camp and Retreat Center. So, and uh, we're thankful for that. And so you pray that God would just bring, uh, we got a great team put together. Uh, the community's accepting what's going on. So right now, we're just right now in the middle of that feasibility study where they, uh, we have an organization we're working with, Nonprofit Authority, and uh, they're an organization that helps nonprofit raise funds. But to begin that, there's a feasibility study that we're trying to be able to raise the funds to get that done. But this has all just stemmed how God, uh, 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 through this book, through this ministry, has reached out. And so my wife and I, we also have the privilege to serve as counselors, as one of the master trainers. So every year I do several seminars and PTSD seminars and work in our camps along with uh, Brother Doug, and I'm thankful for that privilege. And, uh, and so uh, 
we are privileged to do that. So our mission, we FBM, as far as the deputation director, we're involved with recruiting. We're in several conferences, Bible college, churches, really recruiting missionary families, looking for missionary families to come aboard. Then we're involved with training. We're training um, them with pre-filled deputation. Then we work with them on deputation, helping them as they uh, plan to arrive to the field. We work uh, with their pastor and that missionary um, training them. And then we like to assist them on the field once they're there helping uh, with their ministry. Then during all this time, uh, we're also our... Uh, we're serving at Northside Baptist Church there in Fort Hood, Texas. We have over 48,000 active duty there at Fort Hood, 189,000 family members, 38,000 retirees, and 18,000 government workers. So really, Fort Hood's like a city within a city. Uh, God's given my wife the privilege. I do a lot of traveling now. Uh, Jenny's now in the Christian school there, uh, but they're both involved in the church. My wife teaches the younger's grade. She's also involved in well, we have a Dorcas quilting ministry where they give first responders blankets and the pregnancy center that's in town and different things of like that. They provide them quilts. Then she also, we serve a singles luncheon every Sunday. We assist the, the gentleman that handles our singles ministry. And uh, we also provide a lunch every Sunday afternoon for our singles. God is blessing. Before all this came up, we were running about 15 and 20 of that. She also works with our military spouses. Uh, we've been involved with sending care packages and things of that nature. So our church is mostly made up of re, uh, retirees, active duty, and those in the community, and we're thankful uh, for that opportunity. We'd ask that you do something for us tonight. If you'd take a prayer card, boy, keep us in prayer. We need your prayers, amen. And uh, that is sure make a difference in our ministry and our life. And uh, we're uh, just so thrilled Uh, that we're able to serve the Lord. And and what a privilege it is to see how God uh, continues to uh, move the ministry forward. And I just want to say thank you. And I think we got a few minutes and you want to share a portion of scripture maybe, and then we're going to wind it up. And I know, uh, uh, you know, I heard years ago, the mind can only take what the seat can endure. Amen. And uh, so I've learned that over the years and uh, and that's all right. And uh, we'll just give you a thought. And actually, we're going to go to Acts chapter number one. And, uh, and, uh, man, I'll tell you what, man, I, this has been a five pound trip. Amen. So everywhere we've gone, people think we're starving. For some reason, people think missionaries are starving. Amen. And man, I've been eating, I've been eating, I've been eating. And, and so when I went to put on a uniform tonight, I had to kind of suck it in, you know? So if I look like I'm gasping a little bit, just say, he'll make it, he'll make it. He'll be like the engine that could. Amen. And, uh, so, uh, we got into it and, uh, but, I mean, it's just been, you've been so good to us, uh, and we're just so thankful for your kindness. But notice Acts chapter number 1, verse number 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father hath put in his own power. You know, God knows when everything's put together. He just says we need to concentrate on pleasing him, and his timing is in order. No, God's never early, God's never late. He's right on time, isn't he? And notice what he said. He said, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost party there. Just some ideas. Jesus was showing himself alive for 40 days by many infallible proofs. These things were, could not be denied. He gave them the command to be the witness. He said, listen, 
I'm going to help you to really be a missionary. I'm going to empower. I'm going to give you that dunamis. I'm going to give you the ability. You know what? I'm glad that we're not in this alone. I'm glad that First Bible is not in this alone. God spoke and they felt the vision, but God says, you know, I'm going to empower this organization to get done. I mean, brother, I am with you. Brother Foster, I'm with you. When Doug said, brother, be the deputation and national representative, I was calling all the representatives. I was like, how do you do it? What goes on? And Doug's like, just hang in there. You'll be all right, son. It's going to be fine. And, and you know what? I, I'm glad that I couldn't do it because that tells me that God needs to do it more than I can. Amen. And so he said, listen, you, I'm going to give you the power. I want you to go. I'm going to give you the ability to get God's work done. And then we see the gathering of Christ with his followers. He's going back to heaven. I like that great verse over there in John. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe God, believe also me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Listen, we may not have much down here, folks. But thank God we have something up there. We're investing in eternity. Thank the Lord for that. And then we find here he leaves them, continuing to build his church. Of course, Jesus starting his church with his disciples, and then the church has continued to grow. We see the empowerment. He said, I want you to start right here in Jerusalem, and I want you to tell every man, woman, boy, and girl that which you have seen and that which you have heard. Then he said, when you get done in Jerusalem, I want you to go to Judea, and I want you to do the same thing. I want you to tell every man, woman, boy, and girl that which you have seen and that which you heard. Then he said, I want you to go into Samaria, and they're like, oh, no, we don't want to go down to Samaria. So they would go out of the way. But you know what Jesus said? Listen, the places that we may not want to go is the places that we need to go. And so you know what? Do you remember over there in John chapter 4 when he met that thirsty lady? And she was looking for water. He said, I'm going to give you water where you'll never thirst again. And she drank of that fountain of life. Let me tell you, folks, she's not thirsty today, amen. She accepted Christ as her personal son. He said, I want you to go into Samaria. And see, corporately, that was all done right there. They could do that all reaching out. Then at the same time, conjunction, the uttermost was going on. That was them reaching regions beyond. Because the first three was doing it while they were there. But God called them there. But they were being a part of sending corporately together, sending to regions beyond. You know what that tells me? Things are moving forward. And as you read this verse, it's kind of moving forward, is it? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost. You know what that tells me, folks? God's work is still moving forward. Ain't that a wonderful thing? That's a wonderful thing. Let's pray. Father, help us, Lord, to uh, just move your word forward, Father. Help us to give your word. Lord, help us to be witnesses. Help us to be a testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. I just share with you the three, three points, and I'm going to be done. Number one, we can see the value of missions. You can go over there to Mark chapter 8. He said, what shall a profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange? You know what? That tells you the value of missions. It's priceless. It's priority. But I, I think that it's profitable. Let me, let, me, let me ask you, what are we going to take with you when we pass from this life? Not one thing. But this is what I call the treasure principle. You think about it. You're here and you're sending missionaries because God's called you here. But when that missionary sees someone get saved, guess who's going to get the same reward? You folks are. Well, that's a pretty big investment, isn't it? Because God's called you here and God's called them there. The number two, not only that, the vision of missions. 
division mission. The Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. And I know we, we talk about where there is no vision, people perish in contextually. It's talking about open vision, closed vision. But these men, men mentioned tonight what kind of vision we need. We need a clear vision that says, Lord, let me see. And then we need a concerned vision that says, Lord, let me go. Not only do I see it, Lord, let me go. I think everybody ought to be surrendered enough to say, God, if you call me, I go. But God doesn't call every does he, pastor? But, he's, but he does call people to go. You say, I'd be willing to go. Lord, if you send me, I'd go. But God, you haven't called me. But Lord, let me, be a, let me have a considerate vision. Lord, let me be a sender. It's a joy to be a sender, isn't it? Isn't it a joy to know as you walk behind this uh, building, wherever I'm at, there's going to be Bibles that are put together. There's going to be Bibles sent because you're being a part of it. The best week that we had when we were at a ministry where we got to assemble Bibles that whole week, it changed my daughter's life. You know what she remembers about the road a lot of times? She'll say, you remember, Daddy, when we were at that church and we were assembling Bibles? She said, I wonder how many people read them Bibles already, Daddy. Then I think of the victory of missions. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and itself someday they were added to them about 3,000 souls. Now, if you read through that, that had to be a Baptist church. I think they had potluck, amen? Now, if you notice anything about Brother Doug and I, we like food, amen? And so if you read Acts 2, they probably had food going there, potluck, but God was blessing that church in a great way. You say why souls were getting saved. It's a wonderful thing. Saints being sanctified. Sanctification says God sets you apart. Sanctification says that everyone in this auditorium, God has a place for you to serve and be used. That's a wonderful thing. God's not left one of us out. You ever felt left out? God's not left you out. He wants to use you. And then the scripture sought out. New Testament churches being started around the globe. You know, God's been good to us over the years, seeing souls saved, lives being changed, being able to reach out. I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Uh, we've seen so much done with the PTSD ministry, how God's worked in that, souls being saved, lives continually being changed. I think about the last work that we were in. I, I can think of young preachers that are out there now. I, I think of... Uh, the last work, we had a gentleman in this family that was coming, and we're very thankful for them. I'll never forget, they, they got a flyer, came to the church, and we begin to chat and, and find out his wife was reached in a church in Wiesbaden, a military work. And she was saved and baptized. And, 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 and her husband, uh, he was saved, but never got scripturally baptized. And we made sure that he was saved and he knew, sure, we had the opportunity to baptize him. Their three little boys came over there, and I'll never forget, we were at a picnic one day, and uh, this dear gentleman, he said, Pastor, he said, you were in the Army? And I said, yeah, I said, I was. I said, I was an old tanker, and in uh, one tanker. And I, and I could tell he was wanting to have a conversation. I said, so, Scott, what do you do? He's like, Pastor, I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, he's like, I'm all messed up. I'm trying to figure this out. And so he already had like at that time, what, about 14, 15 years, find out he was in the 10 special forces. And then he began to tell me a little bit about some deployments and things like that. And uh, one time they sent him to school to break in all these things. You know, my, my door was stuck one day. He came over the house. He broke into my own house, man. It was amazing. He said, don't worry, pastor, I'm going to get you in there. But here's the wonderful thing. God, God just really changed that 
that, per, that, that life, prayed with all them special forces when they went down range, sent them care packages, came back. Well, here's a wonderful thing. You just never know how you're going to impact people's lives. We, we left, we came back in 2011, and they've kept contact with my wife. I never try to pastor people when they leave. We try to tell them some good churches to go to and at least put leads out there and encourage them. And I'll never forget, uh, this was, what, two years ago, so it would be 2018, so it was like seven, eight years. We, we had not really seen since about 2012. We get a call, and, and their son's graduating from uh, engineer school. And so he meets this young lady, and she wants to be an engineer. Can you imagine two builders in the same house? Praise God. I mean, that's going to be blessings when they want to work on the house. And so, so they, God put them together, and, and, and these two Christian young people. And so he, she was asking uh, her husband-to-be. She goes, I know it's normally normal for the, um, for the wife to pick out the pastor who wants to do the, do the ceremony. But she said, Nick, if you could have anything that could happen for this wedding, what would you want? There was a lot of things he could have chose, but you know what he did? He said, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like my pastor from Germany to put us together. You say, what's the significance of that? We were just a missionary called by God to go to the field, try to help some military families. God allowed us to be an impact. You say, what are you doing here at Heartland Baptist Fellowship? You're making an impact. That's pretty good reaping, isn't it? Years ago, when we started with the military minister, we said, we just, we just want to help people. We just want to make a difference. But I'm going to tell you, these 22 years, the people that we work with has changed us and made a difference in our life. Let's pray with heads bowed, eyes closed, and no one looking around. I'd, I'd just like to ask a question I don't want to take for granted, even on a Wednesday. How many would say, Brother Pierce, I can remember a time in my life where I realized I was a sinner, I realized there was a penalty. I realized Jesus died for me, and I repented by faith and trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. You know that you're saved. Could you raise your hand tonight as a testimony? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. You can put your hands down. Maybe there's one here. You say, Brother Pierce, if I die tonight, I just don't know for sure. Would you pray for me? Is there one like that in our midst? Say, just pray for me. Well, what, what we'd like to do, I'm just going to, uh, turn the uh, rest of the service over to pastor as he feels led. If we want to have music, I just want to ever how the spirit leads pastor and directing and guiding at this. Continue an attitude of prayer. Thank you tonight for coming, Brother brother Pearson. If you uh, are in a situation tonight where God's calling uh, you, uh, maybe something you've heard tonight, maybe something you're thinking about, I just want to give God a moment to work in our hearts. And we won't have any music, but with heads bowed and eyes closed, if anybody in here does say, hey, Brian, I just need some prayer tonight. Anybody got a need? Amen. I see those hands. You know, we have needs, don't we? Yeah, I see several hands. Now, we're not looking around, but these are our, this is our church family. And it's a sm- rather small gathering. Uh, and maybe you're online tonight and you're watching us and you've heard what we're talking about. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you're isolated out there and uh, you're wishing you could be here, but you can't be. I just want you to know that God does love you, uh, that we love you. And, uh, you know, we talk about being on a mission, uh, but we all need to be on a mission together. And sometimes these things in our lives, um, you know, God allows things in our lives. Sometimes we do things in our own lives to allow need to come up. You know, it just depends on the situation. But the cool thing is that God is all sufficient and uh, and he works in our hearts. And so I just want to pray for those of you that 
had raised hands. Um, we're not going to like out anybody, but just in our hearts, let's take a moment now, a season of prayer, and let's lift one another up, and let's uh, pray for one another, and know that there's people listening. There's probably people online watching, but definitely in the house here tonight, there's four, five, six people that say, you know what, I have needs in my life, and uh, we don't have to know all the needs, but God knows what they are, and let's just pray for one another. Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for this season of, of prayer. We thank you for your sufficiency. We thank you for your example. Lord, you love the world, and, and you, you decided to give the most precious thing to, re, to redeem those that are the, the least. Lord, we're just, without you, we're nothing. Lord, that's the truth. The Heavenly Father, because of you, we have inherited all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. We are called sons of God. And more than just our redemption, Lord, you've, you've, you've redeemed us to be part of the ministry of reconciliation. And you have given us the word of reconciliation. And everything that we've talked about tonight from beginning to end has been about the word of God. And, and this ministry of reconciliation has been entrusted to us. And yet, even though we have all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ, Heavenly Father, we still find times in our life where we have, we have need. And Lord, hope, hopefully we can understand tonight that the need that we always have, the preeminent need in our life is you. Oh, Heavenly Father, may Jesus Christ be the preeminent person, figure, thought, meditation upon our heart. Heavenly Father, forgive us where we have allowed anything to eclipse that, Lord, and thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for that great love. Lord, especially for those that uh, everyone here claims to be your child, Lord, I pray that we would avail ourselves of your grace today, that we would uh, make a decision, Lord, to uh, just trust you, to cast care upon you. Lord, we pray for the big decisions of men like Jim Boyette. He's got big decisions to, ahead of him. We pray for Ann. We pray, God, for these others that have, have needs in their lives, and, and I don't know all the needs. I don't know what's prompted all the, the response, but, Lord, you do. And, Heavenly Father, I pray that this, uh, this body would know that we are here in Christ's stead, reconciling men to God. And, Lord, we're here to help one another in God's mission, accomplishing God's mission and God's power. And, Lord, I pray that tonight we'd be encouraged in the Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that we would uh, have our hearts open. Lord, I pray there's ministries that need to be funded. I pray you would continue to bring resources to... Uh, Brother Harold's ministry, you bring those resources to uh, First Bible's ministry, Lord. You bring the resources to HBF, Lord, to continue, and we thank you for how you've been doing that, Lord. We have no doubt about what you're uh, trying to accomplish uh, through us in spite of ourselves oftentimes. And so, Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight, and we're so thankful for Christ. We're thankful for the reality of the Word of God and the richness of God's Word dwelling in us. And Heavenly Father, we pray tonight that as uh, people come up out of here, that they would be encouraged in the Lord. Lord, that you would give them confidence in the Scripture, give them particular passages of Scripture to help them on the way. And Lord, help them if anyone here needs to reach out tonight to myself or one of the Adult Bible Fellowship pastors, Lord, help them get the help that they need, Lord, even tonight. But ultimately, Lord, you called us to come to your throne to find grace and help in time of need. And Lord, we come to your throne tonight, and we want to thank you and praise you for your sufficiency. We want to thank you for what we've heard. We want to thank you for the the Bible Translation School. We want to thank you for the great and prolific ministry of Armed Forces Baptists and the souls that have been reached through 
of Wounded Spirits. We want to thank you for the partnerships that you've allowed us to have, the parallel partnerships, Heavenly Father, that, that uh, Lord, allow us to be part of the great fruit-bearing process that's going on of, uh, in, on this earth before you come to take us away. So, Heavenly Father, help us to put ourselves in context and understand that time is short. Help us to understand that today is the day, uh, not only of salvation, Lord, but today is the day to accomplish your mission in, in your power, in your glory, for your honor. And, Lord, I know there's people hurting. I just heard from someone last week in our congregation, uh, that, you know, Lord, that just, uh, they're hurt. They're, and, uh, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would help heal. You're a God that brings health. Uh, Lord, and, and we know that ultimately the help that we need is the power of the resurrection. So, Father, we just praise you and thank you for that reality. Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, that tonight that your blessing will be upon these ministries, upon these that are gathered, upon the decisions that get made, and upon the, the, uh, the plans that, that you have for us, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. And we ask that you get all the honor and glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, thank you for coming tonight. And man, I tell you what, we'd almost be on time if I didn't.